1: You're listening to Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer fueled sports show. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Here's your host
0: No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Matt Robinson.
1: Okay, off we go again. It is one of the best weeks of the year. Baseball is back. Opening day across Major League Baseball is uh, is today, Thursday. The Toronto Blue Jays and some of the other clubs waiting until Friday. But baseball is back. And uh, when it's time for baseball, it's time to talk to baseball people. And there's no one more synonymous with, uh, with baseball in Canada than Dan Shulman, and uh, he is going to join me here today. My name is Matt Robinson, coming to you from our studio here in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Hope you'll give us a follow there. Love to hear what you guys have to say, and uh, make sure you're subscribed and following along on your favorite podcast app. Now, just before we get to Dan, don't forget on Friday morning, as we've mentioned a couple times now, we have another show dropping for you. That'll be episode nine fifty four with Graham Creech of TSN Radio here in Ottawa and Steve Bunda of Faces Magazine. We're going to get you set for UFC 273, which goes on Saturday night. Uh, A couple of main events there, the Korean Zombie versus Alexander Volkanovsky and uh, Piotr Jan making his return to take on Aljamain Sterling and uh, both of those with belts on the line. And uh, to me, the, the standout fight of the night, the one I'm actually looking forward to the most, Hamzat Chimeyev versus Gilbert Burns. Uh, Chimeyev has been just blowing through people since he arrived in the UFC. Uh, Gilbert Burns, man, he's not somebody that you just blow through like that. This will be his stiffest test for sure. So that's on Saturday night, UFC 273. We will drop our preview show for it for you on Friday morning. Like I said, with Graham Creech of TSN Radio and Steve Bunda of Faces Magazine. Uh, But that's tomorrow. Today, We're talking baseball with Dan Shulman. Let's get to him right now on the Tall Can Audio podcast. Happy to be welcoming back to the show the voice of the Toronto Blue Jays on Sportsnet, the voice of college basketball on ESPN, and as of this week, a Canadian Screen Award winner for Best Play-by-Play Man. Dan, we don't get many award winners on this show. Uh, Appreciate you making some time for us. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Uh, Thanks for having me. I appreciate it
1: uh did you know the the uh, is this your first canadian screen award have you had this before did you know it was coming
0: uh i knew i was nominated but i was nominated i was nominated or a finalist however you say it last year um but didn't win so i knew i was nominated again they kind of tell you a few weeks in advance you have to go through this little technical rehearsal and all that <laughs> stuff so uh, very, you know always always an honor so um you, you know it was honored to be nominated was uh very excited to uh to win the award um and uh it was uh, it was a nice night got a lot of nice messages from uh, friends and colleagues
1: uh you know where we like to start around here Dan have you tried anything new on the craft beer front since last we chatted
0: who you know as i'm getting a little bit older Matt um i i'm kind of cutting back on my beer
1: unfortunately
0: <laughs> so i've i've switched over to wine a little bit oh, more yeah. for uh for a couple of uh, for a couple of reasons, so I, I don't know that I can help you. I do remember that you like that. Um, I'm not sure I have anything for you. I, I've kind of been doing the uh, the low carb, low cal beers whenever I've been. Oh
1: yeah, okay. Uh, any bottle you could recommend to the good listener on the wine front?
0: Uh, a buddy of mine uh, kind of pushed me into the uh, the Michelob Ultra. It's uh, you know it, we're uh, at age 55. This stuff goes straight <laughs> to your belly, right? So uh, <laughs> every calorie I can save is good. So uh so i'll do that when i'm yeah you know when i'm on the road i still like a harp or a yingling those are two that i enjoy a stella that kind of that's kind of my lane my lane i guess but uh you know nothing really darker than that
1: okay uh look we got a bunch of stuff i'd like to ask you about on the blue jays but before we do uh throughout the winter you've been traveling again doing work for uh espn on the college basketball front you're getting ready here to uh, to set off on another baseball season have things pretty much return to normal on the broadcast front and how you do things and, and travel or are there still some things a little different there pandemic wise
0: uh still some things a little different i'd say yeah yeah pretty much they are back to normal i mean the, the not this past winter but the winter before because we still had the 14-day quarantine rule in effect in canada i basically had to move to the u.s for a couple of months i couldn't go back and forth mm-hmm. so i lived out of a hotel down in charlotte where espn has a studio because I did as many games out of a studio as I did out of an arena. Now things are, are much closer to normal. Um, I, I still need to uh, get an antigen test every time I go down to the US. And until this past week, I had to get a test to come back to Canada. But, um, you know, that rule is no longer in place. You know, little things like in the clubhouse down at spring training, and I believe this is the way.
1: Make a FaceTime audio call to Dan Shulman. Making a FaceTime audio call to Dan Shulman. Did you lose me? Yeah, just dropped there out of nowhere for no reason. Not sure what that was about. You were were just starting into uh, what what was different at the clubhouse this year in spring training. Right.
0: Uh, so in the clubhouse this year, uh, down at spring training, the media all had to wear masks. We didn't have to do it outside. I'm not sure exactly what the rules will be like at the Rogers Center, but I will have a mask with me uh, and follow whatever the rules are. You know, last year we were kind of still filling out questionnaires and um, doing uh, rapid tests at home before I went to the studio at, at One Mount Pleasant. And I, I think we're past all of that stuff now. So for the most part, we are pretty pretty much back to normal.
1: And you'll be traveling with the team again a bit, or
0: I, I will. Most of my games are at home. Almost my, almost all of my games are at home. Actually, so right. I'm only going on a few road trips. But as far as I understand, my first one is until June. Uh, it just kind of makes sense, right? I live here, and sure. Buck and Tabby live in the U.S., so it makes sense to have me do home games whenever possible. So uh, I'm not traveling with the team until June. But you know, unless something changes for the worse, then yes, uh, we are traveling. Uh, with the team, and we'll be doing the games from the ballpark uh, on the road.
1: And it looks like quite a team this year, Dan. They're, they've made some big moves over the course of uh, of the off season, and uh, most of the publications you read have the Jays as as one of the top teams in baseball this year. What do you make of them coming into the into opening day?
0: I, I think they're very good. It's really interesting to me because they lost the Cy Young Award yes. winner and they lost an MVP candidate. <laughs> And they're the flavor of the month right now. Uh, You know, like MLB.com surveyed all of their various writers and tallied up the votes. And they're second behind the Dodgers in terms of the power rankings, I believe they call them. And they lost some really good players. Now, they went out and got some really good replacements. But for them to be that good, they're going to have to be better than they were last year. So you start looking around the roster and say, okay, where can they be better Like, how much better can Vladdy get? And I think he can, Mm -hmm. but he was incredible. How much (laughs) better can a guy get? How much better can Bo Bichette get? And I think he can, um, especially defensively. He was a a much better player defensively the second half of the year than he was the first couple of months. But for them to be better, you know, you're hoping George Springer is healthier. You're hoping out of Jansen and Kirk they get more offense than they got out of catcher last year. You're hoping they're a better defensive team. Uh, for me, it's mostly on the pitching staff, though. A full year of Jose Barrios, a full year of Alec Manoa, and in my mind, hopefully a much better bullpen. To me, that's how they get from 91 wins to 96 or 98 or whatever the number they might wind up at. They're very good, but, you know, the division's a monster, as always. And they're going to have to go out and play very well if they're going to win the division.
1: You mentioned there that, uh, you know, Bo coming along as a shortstop defensively. They've brought in a new third baseman that may make Bo look a whole lot better at short, uh, even on top of his own advancements. What can you tell people about Matt Chapman?
0: As good as advertised. I mean, you know, we've seen him play with Oakland, and I saw him for four or five games firsthand down in Florida. He makes hard plays look easy, and he makes easy plays look like he's doing it in his sleep. (laughs) Um, He's as good a defender at third base and really at any position as there is. In baseball. And again, you know, Marcus Simeon last year at second won a gold glove. Right. So um, now is Chapman a better third baseman than Simeon is a second baseman? Yeah, I would say so. And that's no disrespect to Marcus, who had a great year. And I also think that, you know, Espinal can play anywhere. But however uh, many games Biggio gets at second, he's in a much better place at second than he was at third last year. So I do think their defense will be better, especially If Bo continues to improve, especially if Laddie continues to improve, this has the makings of a good defensive infield. So um, Chapman's going to be great, and I think the guy who will benefit the most is probably Hyunjin Ryu. A lot of ground balls, a lot of ground balls pulled to the left side, and a lot of action for Matt Chapman.
1: What is a reasonable expectation for him offensively? He's coming off, uh, you know, he's had some hip surgery, but uh, he's going to get out of that cavernous stadium in Oakland and into the AL East. That's, I would imagine, going to help him quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I think the first thing you look at, and I know batting average is a, you know, a very yesterday kind of statistic, but it's not totally meaningless. And he hit two ten last year. And he's not a 300 hitter, but if his 210 can be 250, mm-hmm. uh, he had 27 homers. He's probably capable of more. But I, you know, if he hits 27 or 31 or 34, I'm not so concerned about that. It's just, uh, you know, keeping the strikeouts at a manageable level and hitting for a reasonable average. You know, the power is going to be there. I saw him hit a ball down in Florida. He just demolished it, <laughs> and. And uh, the next day, the, the Blue Jays PR department, media relations department, put out a note that that home run, I think it was in Bradenton, was, no, no, it was in Dunedin, was hit harder than any ball he hit all of last season. Oh, wow. So that's a good sign that, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe a year further removed from the hip surgery, he's healthier. Yeah, You know, if he can hit 250 with 30 homers and he walks a lot, you know, walks 75 or 80 times, have a decent on-base percentage. And play the kind of defense that we know he's going to play that's a really really good player, and I think he's capable of that
1: uh, one of the things that uh, inevitably happens when you know your your team hasn't been good for a while is you you have a hard time believing that they're going to be as good as as people are talking about and one of the things that I, I've seen come up a couple times and that's even crossed my mind is is this almost feels a little bit like 2013 when they went out in the off season, they got Josh Johnson and Mark Burley and Jose Reyes and um, R.A. Dickey and that team, it, it didn't go so well right away yeah. there, Dan. Um, why is this different?
0: I think it's different because more of the core was here last year than was in that transition. And I think more of the core is younger now, probably than was then. Um, you're right. You don't want to set yourself up for a fall But it's hard to imagine these guys not being good. Um, It's, you know, 15 teams in the league. Six of them make the playoffs, which, by the way, would have been enough to get them in last year when there was only five. Um, You you know, the other reason I think people are excited is I I think all of us understand how difficult a year they had going from Dunedin to Buffalo to Toronto. Um, I believe they were 22 and 22 combined in Dunedin and Buffalo. And they were 25 and 11 in Toronto. Now I'm not saying they're going to win at that pace in Toronto over the course of a whole season, but this team, between that situation, injuries, and you know a couple of stretches in the first half of the year when the bullpen just could not get anybody out, um, they're better now. Their bullpen is much deeper now, and I think it's funny. I, I, you know, Matt, I think we could look back at the end of the year and say. Well, Vladdy's numbers were actually a little down, or Bo's numbers, you know, and and Mm -hmm. Buffalo and and Dunedin, great hitters' parks too, right? Um, You know, maybe Vladdy's just a tick off last year, and Bo's just a tick off, and Teoscar Hernandez and whatever, but the team's better. They hit more when it counted, or they had more runners on and produced a little bit better in close games, uh, which they didn't do at times. You know, they would wallop bad pitching, but sometimes they struggled against good pitching, in close games. I I think it could be one of these seasons where, you know, whereas last year was an overwhelming season in terms of individual numbers, I think this team, maybe it's the collective where they really shine. And you look back at the end of the year and you say, wow, how did they win? Where did those seven extra wins come from? And, you know, just being a little bit better at key moments and especially getting more on the pitching side.
1: It really is hard to believe that had they not you know, had to be in Buffalo and Dunedin last year, they wouldn't have found that one extra win somewhere. Um, you know, like you said, they're not going to play 25 and 11 pace all year at home, but somewhere along the way, if you're at home in your comfort zone, you know, it, it probably goes a little bit different uh, somewhere else. One of the great stories coming out of camp here is a guy that we don't know too much about, a guy named Goske Kato. What well, can you tell us about this guy? Because he's been around for a long time, and this is the first yeah. time uh, he's ever broke camp with a on a major league roster.
0: Yeah. AAA with San Diego last year, contact guy, left-handed batter, hit over 300, plays five different positions, first, second, third, left, right. (laughs) We all know the Blue Jays love that. Uh, And again, a left-handed batter who makes contact, that's something that that can help this team. Uh, Runs pretty well, has a big personality. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, born in Japan, no, I'm sorry, born in California, family moved back to Japan for a few years, and then move back to California. So I believe he was raised, for the most part, uh, in California, but a guy who's never had a day in the big leagues. And I think he's 27, 28 years old yeah. um, and is on the team. Uh, and, you know, he could do a, a bunch of different things. I mean, maybe he just comes in and pinch runs for Alejandro Kirk in the eighth inning of a game. Or maybe he bats for Danny Jansen. Or, um, you know, if Bichette is DHing and Espinal plays short, maybe Coteau gets a start at second. If, if it's not a good matchup, for Biggio, that sort of thing. So um, I think he's just a useful, versatile – it's funny because I'm going to say something that doesn't make sense anymore. He's kind of like a National League player, but there's no such thing. Right. <laughs> because there's a DH in both leagues. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. He's that he's that Swiss Army knife who can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I don't expect him to start more than maybe once a week. I mean, you look, you look at the roster and first, short, third, left, center, right – They've got regulars, uh, you know, guys who are health permitting, going to play almost every day. Now, one of them may slide into the DH spot. And that's the other thing. They, Because they don't have a full-time DH, uh, a guy like Coteau uh, may get a spot start here and there. Rymel Tapia, the same thing. Yeah. I, I think they were just looking for to diversify their look a little bit. So they've got a couple of left-handed batters who are contact hitters just to mix things up a bit.
1: Yeah, we heard a lot throughout the spring about Greg Bird and whether he could make it. But, you know, a left-handed bat and, and may hit for some pop, but you can't move around much, right? He's either at first or at DH, and now you mentioned their Tapia and, uh, and Cato. You can kind of slot them, different type of players, but you can slot them in kind of wherever you need to.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, Tapia will play left Guriel DHs. Um, if Springer DHs, which I think he's going to do a fair bit, yeah. you know, Tapia can start in center field. and uh, So, again, it, it's they kind of have seven or eight regulars and then a few, not interchangeable parts, but different kinds of parts that they can slot in based on who needs a day off, who needs to DH, what kind of pitching are they seeing uh, on the other side. I'm interested what the batting order looks like. You know, in spring training, generally – uh, Greg Bird when he was still with the organization or Raimel Tapia hit sixth and Matt Chapman hit seventh. And then if you had Vigio in there, he was down at eight or nine. Um, and, you know, Chapman could and the players make out the order, right? Like if Chapman gets off to a great start and Guriel struggles, they could flip flop. Sure. But I'm curious to see where the lefties hit. You don't want your lefties seven and eight or eight and nine if you can help it. You do want to split them up a little bit to make it a little bit tougher on the opposing manager. So, Uh, I think from six through nine, we might see, you know, people moving around a little bit in the batting order.
1: You mentioned the bullpen should be a lot better. You know, when we were talking about where the Jays could have found that extra win had they been at home, those early struggles with the pen also could have been the difference there um, before they brought in Simber and Richards and kind of got things figured out. But it seems like the pen might be coming home a little bit nicked up. Uh, Pearson is sick. Um, There's been some talk about uh, Jordan Romano's ankle. Um, Barucky not at a hundred percent. What do we make of the pen, and how is it going to look here on opening day?
0: Uh, well, Romano pitched um, in the last spring training game yesterday on the, on Tuesday down in Dunedin, pitched an inning, and apparently came out of it fine. Okay. So as far as I'm aware, he's good to go. Uh, very unfortunate for Nate Pearson, who if he didn't have bad luck, wouldn't have any yeah. luck at all right now, and, and so he's sidelined with mononucleosis and. As we all know, that could be short term or, you know, it can be a fair bit longer. We don't know. baruchy has got kind of a mild hamstring thing. My guess is he starts the year on the I.L. Um, You mentioned Simber and Richards. You know, if they had a whole year of Simber and Richards, neither of whom are stars, but Mm -hmm. they're both, you know, very capable relievers. If they had a whole season of those guys there in the playoffs last year. You know, they had stretches where, uh, you know, not to throw guys under the bus, but Tyler Chatwood and Rafael Delis were in big spots and just couldn't get it done. And to me, that's the biggest reason why they didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, you look at Romano, you hope Tim Mesa has as good a year as he did last year. I mean, he was terrific last year. Uh, Jimmy Garcia, to me, is a very key addition and a guy... Who a month into the season, we're going to be looking at and saying, Wow, was that a good pickup? Because he can be your eighth inning guy, your seventh inning guy. If Romano's pitched twice in a row, he can close on that uh, the third day. He's done that before. And then you've got Cimber and Richards. Um, the wild card that is Julian Merriweather, you know, that remains to be seen. Can he stay healthy and is the stuff still as good? And then I, I'm interested what Taylor Saucedo can give them. He had a terrific camp. And can really, you know, generate a lot of swing and a miss from the lefty with his stuff. So um, their bullpen, to me, uh, the first half of the year was last year was just not nearly good enough. It was good the second half of the year. And to me, it looks at least. I didn't mention Ross Stripling, who, you know, he can be the long man or the six starter. So. I I think they've got more weapons down there and they're going to need them because guys aren't as stretched out. And the Blue Jays start with 30 games in 31 days to start the season, which is uh, suboptimal, as the kids say. So um, they're going to need all of those guys. But uh, I I think they're in much better shape than they were a year ago at this time.
1: Can you kind of handicap the division for us? I think the only thing we know for sure is probably roughly where Baltimore is going to finish. Um, But uh, there's some powerhouses, as always, in the division. How do you see this shaking out?
0: You, you know, if you told me Jays first or fourth, Rays first or fourth, Yankees first or fourth, Red Sox first or fourth, I'd buy it. Right. The the one I don't think I would buy if I had to sell one of those, I'm not sure I see Boston winning the division. I, I think they're a half step behind the other three. But Jays, Rays, and Yankees, I, I think throw them in a hat. Like, I'm uh, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm smart <laughs> enough not to sleep on the Rays after what no. they've done. Uh, you know, they won 100 games last yeah. year. Yeah. 100. With this pitcher heard and that pitcher traded and this one on the IL, you know, and on and on. And they've got a very young rotation, but they've got a great farm system. They're going to have a full year of Wander Franco. They're loaded in the bullpen, all the usual race stuff. So, um, and, and the Yankees are fascinating as always because they could get 50 games out of John Carlos Stanton or 150. They could get 50 out of Aaron Judge or 150. You know, Josh Donaldson, they're, they're, Let's see heavily. how
1: many of those are going to be in Toronto. Pardon me? We'll see how many of those are going to be in Toronto. There's some interest there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, They're heavily reliant on older players. Uh, At their best, they're still a very dangerous team. Um, If you were forcing me to pick, I think I would go Rays one, Jays two, Yankees three, Red Sox four but if they all finished within five games of each other, it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah. No, uh, last one here for you then, Dan. Um, you were tweeting about it on uh, on Tuesday night, as was everybody. Austin Matthews sits at 54 <laughs> goals as we sit here and talk right now. He has 12 games left. Where is he going to finish?
0: <laughs> well, he's scoring at a goal a game flip yeah. <laughs> over the last 47 or 48 games. So that would put... How many do they have left? 12?
1: 12 games left.
0: So that would put him up to 66. That seems a little lofty, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's let's give him 60 or 61. let's get him to the, the 60 plateau. I don't get a chance to see nearly as many leaf games as I would like as a kid I was a ridiculous leaf fan you know as I've grown older and become more of a baseball basketball guy I don't get to see quite as much hockey, but I still follow the Leafs closely and, and he's something man I mean his hands are unbelievable his strength his you know awareness on the ice his, his space and timing and all that uh he's he's really something and and you know to watch him and Marner together uh let's just get these boys out of the first round eh? you know like it's it's been a while let's get them out of the first round and then it's all gravy from there
1: you've been in the uh you know the industry here for quite a long time around Toronto can you ever remember a time quite like this the like yeah the Leafs have had some struggles in the playoffs obviously but you you, they got Willie and Mitch and, and Austin the Jays have Vlad and Bo and everything going on there. The Raptors seem to be coming back around again and and look, they're going to get into the playoffs here. And there's some excitement there. Like this is a crazy time in Toronto sports.
0: It it is the only time I can think of, and this is before the Raptors um, is, you know, obviously the Blue Jays won the world series in 92 and 93 and the Maple Leafs made the conference finals in 92, 93 and 93, 94, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So that, Jays won the World Series October of 92. Then the spring of 93 is when the Maple Leafs upset Detroit, then beat um, St. Louis, and then lost to Wayne Gretzky and Kings yeah. in the semifinals or conference finals. Uh, otherwise, they would have played Montreal in the Stanley Cup final. right? And then the Blue Jays won again, and then I think the Leafs went to the conference finals again in 93-94. So that was a pretty crazy couple of years. But you're right. If you look at the next two or three years – Uh, It's got a chance to be really exciting in these parts.
1: Um, Dan, I know it's a a crazy week for you. Everybody's wanting a little bit of your time. I appreciate you giving us some of it. We're looking forward to having your voice back in our homes every night here throughout the summer. Uh, It's time to play baseball. Can't wait. And thank you so much again.
0: You got it. And I'll try to have a better answer for the craft beer question next time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Man, great stuff. And really appreciate Dan making some time for us there. As uh, you can imagine, it's opening day. Everyone's talking baseball. Uh, I'm sure he's doing a hundred of these hits and uh, pretty cool of him to make some time for our show here on Tall Can Audio. So thank you very much once more to Dan Shulman. Uh, don't forget Friday morning, episode 954, Graham Creech and Steve Bunda will be here for our UFC 273 preview show. Uh, That'll drop, like I said, on Friday morning. So make sure you're subscribed there on your podcast app. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Give us a follow there. Let us know what you make of the Blue Jays headed into the season and maybe give us some of your picks for UFC 273. We'd love to hear it. In the meantime, we'll sign off here. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you all next time on Tall Can Audio. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace.
0: Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCan Audio on your favorite podcast app.